everybody. Welcome to I-80 Sports College Football. Thanks for joining us. We're going to be talking week two, traffic report, high-performance players, and some other great details. Let's get into it. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us here again at I-80 Sports College Football. If you can, just give us a like. Thanks for the support. Thanks for tuning in each and every week. I'm Rich here with Ed and Dave this week. How's everybody doing tonight? Ready to go. NFL kickoff. Football's back, everybody. Football is back. Yep. Can't wait for the Cowboys. Absolutely. Got to love it. Um, so we're, we're going to segment our shows here. We're going to do uh, kind, of, kind of some sections here. So the first thing we're going to get into is some big stories, news, and notes of the week. Welcome to I-80 Sports Traffic. The I-80 Sports Traffic Report, where you can find all your news and notes from the week. And you want to get us started with the traffic report? Yeah, is, is everybody sitting down? Rutgers University, number two in the nation in scoring. 61 points last week at, uh, at home against Temple. Second leading team in the country right now in terms of offense and scoring. Uh, Piscataway's on fire. They travel to Syracuse this week. Hopefully they can keep it rolling, but... Uh, I couldn't tell you the last time Rutgers was second in the nation in scoring at, at all. So big, big congratulations, Cosciano and our local team, uh, Rutgers University. Uh, only team ahead of them right now is Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo scored 69, but I believe they played Wagner. So um, not too, uh, not that impressed. But hey, congratulations to Rutgers, second in the nation in scoring. Uh, keep it rolling. Uh, big news: a Wake Forest transfer. Uh, Kenneth Walker III ran for 264 yards, four TDs on 23 carries as Michigan State. The Sparties went into Northwestern and upset the Wildcats last week. Uh, big big win for Michigan State and a huge game for the Wake Forest transfer. Uh, I, I'd be honest with you, I, I his name didn't jump out on anything to me. And then when I saw those stats, I was like, let me look this kid up. So great start for uh, Michigan State beating uh, Northwestern at home. Yeah, a lot of good football last week. So we had five ranked versus ranked games on Saturday, which is great for early in September. Obviously, last week we saw a big matchup between number five, Georgia, beating number three, Clemson, 10 to three. So the real thing with that is, is we talked about it last week. We said defense was going to be the story yeah. of that game, and defense absolutely was. Obviously, uh, I'm a Clemson guy. Ed's a Clemson guy. So we didn't like the result of that game. But the only TD scored in the game was a pick six. Georgia DB Christopher Smith picked off DJ Ugalele, took 74 yards for a touchdown. And the problem here for Clemson is their offensive line let up seven sacks. Last season, they only let up 20 the entire yeah. season, which is – which is it's it's not great. Not great. No, not good at all. And piggyback off of that, my last thing in this – I mean, the a, uh, ACC got off to a shaky start uh, at best. Clemson lost – North Carolina got upset by Virginia Tech. Rich and I, we talked about that last week also. We told everybody that's not going to be an easy game. Playing in Blacksburg is not easy. North Carolina, Miami, Florida State, even though they showed well, they lost also. Georgia Tech lost. Uh, ACC, it, it's not It's not looking good. And I said it last week. I also said it on uh, uh, Tyler. Um Jumps on our show every now and then. He's a big Georgia guy, but I told it on his on his uh, podcast that he does. Um, it's going to be very hard for anyone 
in the ACC now to get into the college football playoffs. And obviously Clemson is probably still the favorite, but with the ACC underperforming this week, it is going to be very difficult for a one-loss Clemson team, even though it was close to Georgia, to, to get into the playoffs. It's going to have to fall there, fall in place. Uh, I, I, as a Clemson guy, I'm hoping Virginia Tech goes undefeated until the ACC championship game and we play them and beat them. I think that'll help our resume, but uh, it, it's, it's going to be tough. I'm not panicking, but it's been very hard for an ACC team this year to make the college football playoff. Yeah, AC Miami obviously losing 44-13 to uh, Alabama last week. Bryce Young had four TD passes. Uh, another ACC team we had on Sunday night, actually, we had Florida State go down to the wire with Notre Dame. That was a great game. Um, scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. They um, tied it 38-38, forced overtime. Unfortunately, they missed that kick, and then Notre Dame uh, edged them out 41-38. But uh, I think Florida State proved that they're good, or or Notre Dame's pretty down. So um, another defensive battle we had here was between 19, number nineteen Penn State. They beat number twelve Wisconsin sixteen ten. Ellis Brooks and Jaquan Brisker put on the show uh, as the Nittany Lions got James Franklin his first road win against the top fifteen team. Um, Penn State's first win in Madison, Wisconsin, since twenty thirteen. So that was another. Wild upset. You like defense. You like defensive football. You saw some good defensive performances this week. Clemson has a solid defense. Georgia has an outstanding defense. And you know what? Penn State is right there. Their defense looked great. Another great defense. All right. So let's get into our next segment here. We have high performance players. So in our high performance players, we're going to detail some top players of the last week. Your I-80 Sports High Performance Players of the Week. Dave, why don't you get us started with your first high-performance player from Week 1 college football? Well, we're going with Tutu. We talked about him in um, during the Shark Week and uh, Malik Wills from Liberty. I mean, his numbers weren't off the charts. He did, he did uh, throw for like about 270 in a touchdown. He also ran for 55 in a touchdown, but they really didn't need a whole lot against Campbell. But he was very, he was very electrifying. He had a, one a nice run. And um, I really think he has a shot at uh, – I don't know if he's a Heisman coming from such a uh, small school, but he definitely put a performance up. And, uh, you know, again, he could he probably could have put up a lot more if that game had been closer. Ed, what do you got for us here? A guy out of Ole Miss. You'd like yeah, to I'm gonna, I'll start off. I have two guys. I'll start off with uh, Matt Corral, 22 of 32, 381 yards, one touchdown. Had 12 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. And, uh, I mean, he, he had Ole Miss – Ole Miss looking good. Ole Miss looking, you know, like a team that that will cause some call, they'll cause a little stir, I think, in the SEC this year. Uh, unfortunately, going back, they beat another one of my ACC teams. Uh, they made Louisville kind of look like they didn't belong there. Uh, Louisville, Louisville did a little something late, but nothing to make it a game. And uh, what I was most impressed with was not only was Matt Corral excellent on the field, but he was also all, all excellent off the field. Uh, their head coach. Lane Kiffin tested positive, so he was he wasn't at the game. Uh, I think Corral took a real big leadership step there. Really, really showed what he's kind of made of. And if you, if you got to watch the game, they showed a lot of him on the sideline talking to the offensive line, talking to his receivers, talking to other coaches. I think not only did he lead the team on the field this week, but he led them off the field, which really moved him up in my Heisman rankings. If he can keep playing this way, and. Uh, I like I, I like what Ole Miss looked like. I think they're going to make a little noise this year in the SEC. I'm going to 
I like him. I'm going to be rooting for him for sure. But uh, Matt Corral was definitely one of my high performance players this week. Yeah, just just talking a little Ole Miss. I, just watching that game, I don't know how he stopped that offense. They were top ten in in a bunch of categories last year. They're running a play every 16.8 seconds. It looks deadly out there, and the defense was improved. Some of that might be due to Louisville. We don't know how good Louisville is this year, but yeah. Ole Miss definitely impressed me. That was a game I had my eye on, and um, I'd like to see what Ole Miss can do the remainder of this season too. Uh, let's stick in the SEC for Dave's second high-performance player of last week. Yeah, here's another one, um, Tank Bigsby from um, Auburn. He uh, ran for 119 in a score, and he also caught a touchdown. And again, this is another one where it, it was only pretty much in a half of work because they crushed Akron. So it definitely could have been a more dominant performance had the game been closer. Uh, he's definitely one of the uh, top running backs uh, in college football, and he'll probably be one of the first uh, running backs taken off the board. Uh, when he's drafted, um, and uh, you know, and Auburn uh, could have a good season if they if you get running production out of him like that. Yep, and you can't you can't ask for a better name if you're a running back. Tank, big yeah. great <laughs> yep. great name for a running back. Yeah, we we talked about that last year. Good name guy, definitely yep. a good name guy. Absolutely. So our next segment here, we're going to be talking predictions and picks for week two of the college football season. So let's get into our toll booth. The I-80 Sports Toll Booth, where you can find the best bets of the week. So let's just talk about some uh, predictions and picks here. We have a lot of great games, a couple ranked showdowns. Let's talk about our first ranked showdown here. We have number 12, Oregon, visiting number 3, Ohio State, on Saturday. That's the big noon kickoff on Fox. The big story in regards to this game is Oregon star defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau, if he's going to play. So Coach Mario Cristobal, he said he's day-to-day. He said he's day-to-day the past couple of days. To me, I don't think that's a good sign. Uh, maybe some news will come out later in the week. Again, we're recording here Thursday. Uh, that's the biggest question for the Ducks. Thibodeau had an ankle injury last week against Fresno State. Uh, again, he's day-to-day. The Ducks won 31-24 against Fresno State last week. So uh, the next step here for a Pac-12, Big, 12, uh, Big Ten showdown is Oregon, number 12, Oregon, visiting number three, Ohio State. What do we think about number 12, Oregon, at uh, number three, Ohio State? Uh, the Big Ten definitely didn't do uh, they didn't do Oregon any favors, making it at noon kickoff. Oregon coming across the country to go to Columbus to play at noon is not not an easy easy task. But I, I, my thoughts exactly are I think Oregon has more than enough to win this game. They're definitely, I think if you look at Adam on the field. I think you're going to see that Oregon is the faster team. I think they're they're definitely faster than Ohio State. And at one point, they may even grab an early lead. Uh, but I, I kind of think Ohio State kind of settles in, kind of like they did last week against Minnesota. Settle in. They'll hit a few big plagues with those receivers. Alave. I mean, he he just looked like an animal last week. And 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 then I just think that they're going to come back and and win this one. I, I don't want anybody to sleep on Oregon. Uh, Fresno State was a very good team. So, I mean, that was a close game last week. Uh, as Rich said, Thibodeau got hurt. I think when Thibodeau got hurt watching that game, I think the Ohio, uh, the Oregon defense actually you could tell a little difference. Like they, they were playing a little differently when he went out, maybe a little scared, which kind of let Fresno State hang around. Uh, I think if he would have stayed in and kept playing the way he was, it might have been a larger margin of victory. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Like I said, Oregon could come out early, but I think Ohio State 
ends up settling and uh, gets another win in what's probably going to be their hardest game of the year out of conference. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the Buckeyes this this game also. So they won 45-31 against Minnesota. C.J. Stroud's first game as a starter, like you mentioned, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, they're all American candidates at receiver. They did allow 203 rushing yards, which could be a problem. Third-year coach Ryan Day is a former Oregon assistant, so that kind of adds to the intrigue within this matchup. But just talking about, uh, we we said Tollbooth's predictions and picks. I actually like Ohio State as a as a money line piece. 14 is a big number for me, so I'm not willing to lay that. But I'm looking into possibly laying uh, a money line parlay with the Buckeyes here, and I actually locked in the Buckeyes money line and the Bills money line for Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's a little cross cross league parlay here for everybody. Uh, moving on to our next game, this is actually the big one of the week. It's a 4:30 kickoff on ABC. This is the first top 10 showdown between the Hawkeyes and Cyclones, Iowa and Iowa State rivalry. Number 10, Iowa, faces number 9, Iowa State, in the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy at Jack Trice Stadium on Saturday. This is going to be a great matchup. College game day is an aim for this one. College game day will be there, yes. The Cyclones won the opener against Northern Iowa, 16-10. to Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Charlie Kolar, and Mike Rose returned to school for games like this under Coach Matt Campbell, who's doing a great job with the Iowa State Cyclones. And uh, what are our thoughts on this? What about our thoughts on Matt Campbell and this matchup? I think it's in Kirk Ferentz, veteran coach for Iowa. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Matt Campbell guy for sure, but my my guy Matt Campbell has yet to beat Iowa. Uh, they, he, is not, he doesn't have, have a victory over Iowa in his career. Uh, I think Iowa looked great last week. They looked great last week, but I also think it shows us that Indiana isn't the team that they were ranked to be. I, I wasn't impressed with Indiana at all. I think that helped Iowa look so good. I think Iowa State has more balance. And if their D can contain Goodson, the running back for Iowa, who had a nice week last week, it's going to force their quarterback from Iowa, Spencer Petres, to win the game for the Hawkeyes. And I don't see that happening. I haven't been impressed with him at quarterback since last year. He kind of manages the game, but he doesn't really manage the game. The running game's going to have to click for Iowa to win. Uh, I'm also not too concerned that Iowa State looked sloppy last week. Last year, they lost to Louisiana Lafayette in the first game of the season. Matt Campbell usually takes him a week or two to wake those guys up. I uh, won't have to wake them up this week for a rivalry. It's, uh, I kind of like the fact, you know, we got Iowa, Iowa State. We got Utah, BYU. Rivalry games early in the season gets everybody excited. So it's going to be a great game, and uh, I, I I like Iowa State to win uh, and uh, Matt Campbell to get his first victory over the Hawkeyes this year. Yes, yeah, uh, so do I. Um, sorry. I think I think Ames is becoming a really hard place to play uh, for visiting teams, and I, I think Matt Campbell does get off the schneid. And plus, um, you know, I mean, Kirk Ferentz has been there for a long time at Iowa, but he hasn't, um, you know, fared too well in big games himself. He, but uh I think he's going off more of reputation, but Iowa doesn't have a solid team. This is going to be a really good game. I, I, it's definitely going to be a fourth quarter, one possession game, but I think Iowa State uh, pulls it out at home. Yeah. Um, well, the Hawkeyes knock off two ranked opponents in two weeks. We'll have to wait till Saturday at 4.30 Eastern on ABC to find out. Just remember, I did say last week that I thought Iowa was definitely going to contain, uh, contend in the Big Ten. I think they proved it last week, and if they can knock off the, uh, the Cyclones, that puts them right in the mix. They looked real good. Looked very good last week, so we'll have to see. That's definitely a game I'm going to be looking to tune into. 
one that we probably will tune into because we're from New Jersey. The number two scoring offense in the league here is Rutgers. So another game on the docket here. We have Rutgers Scarlet Knights and the Syracuse Orange. They meet Saturday in college football action from the Carrier Dome. Rutgers visits Syracuse this week. Rutgers had a, uh, an opening week matchup versus Temple. Syracuse played Ohio in their first game. They won by 20 points in that, in that one. Uh, what are our thoughts about this Rutgers and Syracuse matchup? I'll tell you what. Rutgers at Syracuse, this is going to be a big game for both teams. Uh, both teams ran the ball extremely well last week. Rutgers had 220, 220 yards on the ground and six touchdowns, and the Cues had almost 300 yards on the ground. I think the difference in this game is going to be the defense. Uh, Rutgers plays defense to create havoc. They had five. They had a plus five turnover margin last week, and tur and turnovers is what's going to win this game. I think Rutgers will win the turnover battle. Uh, unfortunately, it's a theme that I don't like, but I think the ACC takes another loss in a game that they need to win. Uh, I like Rutgers to start the year off 2-0. and I think that defense is playing well. Uh, and Coach Shiano's got the D running, and the offense is doing some special things. I'm looking for Rutgers to go up to the Carrier Dome and upset Syracuse. And our final matchup here we're going to talk about is number 21, Utah, at BYU. So the number 21, Utah Utes, head to Provo to battle the BYU Cougars in a state rivalry showdown. On Saturday night, this is a late kickoff. I believe it's 10.30 Eastern time. The Cougars went 10-1 and last season. Again, they had Zach Wilson, at the quarterback there. He's a top-five pick to the Jets. Last time these rivals met in 2019, Utah won 30-12. So this is actually a game I'm going to give out a pick on. Uh, in my opinion, Utah is one of the top teams in the Pac-12 this season. They're 21 in the AP Top 25. BYU, however, is rebuilding. They lost their star quarterback to the NFL. I think it's a really tough matchup, and Utah has a great, experienced quarterback in Charlie Brewer, who previously played for Baylor, and BYU gave up over 330 passing yards last week to Arizona, and I don't think Arizona is very good. I think they're one of the lower teams in the Pac-12. Utah defense, I think, is going to do a good job containing the Cougars and QB Jaron Hall. He had 198 passing yards last week, and I'm just I'm on Utah this week, minus seven. It's a late kickoff, so you might need to have a cup of coffee or something late in the day. Keep yourself awake for that one. Yeah. But Utah Utes, minus seven. I'm going to give that one out on the show for uh, those of you that are interested in some legal sports wagering. <laughs> Take that one, because here in New Jersey, you can't bet on the Scarlet Knights. So, hey, but yeah, I, I agree with Rich. I, I like Utah on that game as well, but um, you, you never can tell with these rivalries and Utah-BYU is an old-fashioned rivalry just like Iowa State, so th that should be another good game. Have a couple cups of coffee and enjoy this Saturday. Got a couple, Not as many uh, headline games as we had last week, but there's still some entertaining stuff, and I'm looking forward to some teams that took one on the chin last week to get back into their winning ways, especially my uh, Clemson Tigers. Let's get into the rear view here at I-80 Sports. We'll talk about a couple of things we said last week on the show. The I-80 Sports rear view, where we take a look back at topics from last week's show. So last week on the show, I gave out Marshall Moneyline. They dominated last week. Wasn't even a sweat. I was also on Michigan State, plus three and a half. So that one cashed. How about uh, Dave and Ed? You guys got any recaps from our rear view from last that was, week? That was a great Michigan State, as I said earlier, man. I would not have thought that. I would. I was all over Northwestern. I thought it was going to be a Northwestern. So nice job on your end there. And then uh, I, I took a loss as well because I, I definitely – 
did not see um, UCLA coming away with the win last week. I was on UCLA also. Yeah, with LSU. I mean, just talk about another high-performance player. I mean, Zach Charbonnet, the, the transfer from Michigan, he's, a, he's running for over 100 yards each week. He's got a total of 223 yards, four touchdowns on only 17 carries this year. Uh, Chip Kelly's got the Bruins at 2-0, man. They, they are looking – after what they did – I mean, LSU didn't look good. They, they might just not be a good team. But UCLA, UCLA looked good, and, and uh, I wish I could say, hey, I had some wins, but I, I took some losses last week. So if you're uh, watching us, give us a like, subscribe, and, and follow Rich. Do not follow my picks. <laughs> um, okay, uh, real quick, I was going to go. Um, just, Ed, I just wanted to point out to you that, you know, since the college football playoffs started, no team has lost the first week of the season and, and, and uh, made the uh, college football playoff. Thanks, Dave, for that little tidbit. Um, from and and also, really we haven't talked about – thanks. We also haven't talked about the Pitt Panthers. They crushed UMass. I mean, great. All right. The great show. Let's end it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and and this week, they're actually favorites on the road in Tennessee, uh, which I, I was surprised to see that. So, we'll see. I mean, uh, maybe uh, Pitt might be on something in the ACC if they can uh, start off 2-0 and win at Tennessee. Uh, I'll put my money on Tennessee. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning pit in that one myself. The last one I'm going to give out is a, is a one of my action teams here. One of my Mac favorites is Toledo at Notre Dame plus 17. I think Toledo's got the firepower to stick with them. Notre Dame didn't impress me last week. That one takes, takes a little confidence to bet because obviously it's Notre Dame. They could win by 40 against a Mac team like Toledo, but I'm going to get down on Toledo plus 17 against Notre Dame. It actually opened up about 19. So, it's moved in Toledo's favor here. We'll see if that's good or bad. So we got Utah minus seven. Dave likes Pitt minus three. And I'm on Toledo plus 17 as well. Once again, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. Again, do your do these wagers legally. Again, if you're in a state that's legal sports betting, that's what we're talking here. Uh, thanks for joining us. Give us a like, subscribe, and we'll see you next week.